Welcome to Date Speeding, a podcast about the online dating experience, being single, and how to navigate the best way you can. I'm the Reverend Rich Hugh. This episode, we're going to talk about the hopper, how to get one, how to use one, and how to get the person of your dreams. Let us pray. I may have said this before, but if I have, I don't remember saying it. And if I have, please send me an email to remind me that you've heard this already. That way I know you're out there listening, and listening to every single word I say. You can send me that email to datespeeding at yahoo.com, I think. It may be datespeeding at ymail.com. If you've sent me an email before and I've responded, then take a look at the return address and send me an email to that address so I know what my email address is. You can also tweet to me, at DateSpeeding. I'm getting all sorts of followers on Twitter. You should follow me, too. I'm not sure where they're coming from. Maybe you could find me on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash DateSpeeding, and then you could tell me where my Twitter followers are coming from. All of this is to say that this is not the thing that I may have said before. The thing that I may have said before is this, and I'll say it because it fits in nicely with this episode's topic. This episode's topic is The Hopper. I'm not concerned that I've said that before, which I may have, but I know I've not described it in any detail. I hope to do so in this episode. No, the thing I may have said before is this. Online dating is like applying to college. Have I said that before? If so, email me at datespeeding at yahoo.com, because that's my email address. I know that for sure now, because as I was spending all this time talking, I logged in and checked. Yes, that's it. Datespeeding at yahoo.com. Go ahead and email me there. I'll wait. Still waiting. Well, in the meantime, I'll get on with today's show, which starts with some groundwork I may have laid out in an earlier episode and which I just said moments ago, which is this. Online dating is like applying to college. Here's how. I don't know if you've ever applied to college or if your experience was like my experience. I'll use my experience, since I'm the one talking. There are lots of colleges to choose from when one applies to college. Sometimes, you have an idea of what you'd like to be when you grow up. Your vocation, your job, the thing you want to do to follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell once said. You know, Joseph Campbell. Let's say you want to be a fisherman, or maybe a construction engineer, or maybe a gluten-intolerant dietitian. Somewhere, out there, an institution of higher education exists that is specially suited to train you in your chosen future occupation. Want to be an astronaut? Maybe go to Stanford. Want to be an actor? Maybe go to Yale. Want to be a writer on The Simpsons? Maybe go to Harvard. That's not to say these locations are the only places that fit your particular skill set or will give you an education in your chosen field, but by and large, there are specific colleges that cater to churning out successful careers and are known for doing so. You'd probably have more doors opened with a degree from film from USC, for example, than if you have a degree in film from Texas A&M. Conversely, you'll get more barn doors open from a degree from Texas A&M. Checking to see if your barn door is open is a euphemism for your fly being down. Be that as it may, when looking for a college, one tries to target colleges that are best suited for planning a life in one's chosen vocation. So, too, goes it with online dating. 
If you log on to a dating website, you are bombarded by a display of at least one, if not seven or eight, new choices of partner. This is usually presented as just a photograph and a username. Some dating sites, like Tinder, rely on you to only use this minute criteria to select a mate. Other sites, like Match or OkCupid, encourage you to dig deeper. eHarmony and Chemistry are two sites that sell themselves as authorities on digging deeper to help match you with your, uh, match. The idea is that their behind-the-scenes rubric is crunching away all your desires, foibles, likes, dislikes, music tastes, film viewings, and so on. With all this information, the site itself will winnow away the chaff and leave wheat selections that are just right for you. Amazingly, this process, day after day, produces more and more choices, which actually builds up a bit of mistrust in the process. How can you be such an individual with individual tastes and have so many people out there who are just perfect for you, day after day? The research that is being done behind the scenes is hidden, hence the name Behind the Scenes. And there are some things that are just plain old weird decisions made by this behind-the-scenes deal. For example, someone once decided that the question, do you like scary movies, was the best question ever to determine if you are compatible with someone. No, seriously, look it up. I did. Another question that gets scrutiny is the question, do you like the taste of beer? Turns out, if you were a woman and you answer yes to that question, you like the taste of beer, statistically, you are someone who is going to have sex on the first date. Are you that person? If so, please email me at datespeeding at yahoo.com. Now, Yale has a reputation as a college of well repute for acting. There's history, research, a track record that someone who attends Yale for acting is probably pretty hot stuff. This also goes along with Yale itself, who probably would not accept you to their school for acting if they didn't think you were hot stuff yourself. Remember that analogy. It'll come up later probably sooner rather than later, later. So, when you apply to college, you come in with a certain degree of foreknowledge. You know what you are good at doing as a job. You know what you enjoy doing in that job. And you know what you would like to do in the future jobless. With online dating, you may only know what you don't want in a partner. What you do want, sometimes, becomes less clear. There are a multitude of negotiable idiosyncrasies that go in with dating. Sure, he's a huge slob, but he knows how to fix the garbage disposal. Sure, she's got a whiny voice, but she makes great tuna casserole. Sure, he watches sports all the time, but he's great in the sack. Sure, she's an uneducated, racist, drooling nincompoop, but she's got a great butt. People put up with bad things, things they don't want, to stick with the thing they do want. So, the selection process in online dating always has a hopper in play. The hopper, as I like to call it, is whatever collection of choices you're juggling as you try to find a partner. For those of you curious about the etymology of the term hopper, you may think it has to do with Hedda Hopper. I really don't know. Hedda Hopper is one of those names I've heard all my life, but have never bothered to follow up on who it may be. I'm sure I've found out at some point. I believe the person is either a gossip columnist or an Ibsen play. Either way, if there is something about Hedda Hopper that has to do with dating, I don't know what it is. I use the term hopper in the sense of a bingo game. You know, the game bingo. 
there's usually a ball that is turned or sometimes pneumatic device that causes all the bingo balls to hop around. One comes up, one gets picked, and is called out. B-29, for example. Does anyone have B-29? B-29. Next is I-30. I-30. Next is also I, I-37. I-37. Now B again. B-9. B-9, like you want your tumor to be. B-9. There may be too many metaphors in this episode. Or are they similes? I think they are similes, actually. And saying you want your tumor to be B-9 based on a bingo call is actually a pun. So keep it straight and you'll do fine. So the hopper works like this. When you apply for college, you have a primary destination in mind, your favorite college, the one you really hope accepts you. However, you would be a foolish fool to only submit an application to one college, because what if that college does not accept you? You would be left following the no-college path, perhaps getting a career as a cop. So, what you do is you submit to the main school you really want to get into, and then you choose a couple of second-tier schools. These are the ones that you'd be fine going to, you'd be sure you'd get a good education, and have good reputations in your chosen field just not as well-respected or as desirable to your own sensibilities as the one college. In fact, there may be more than one college that would be suitable for you, and sometimes that changes. Let's say, on paper or on internet, more likely these days, everything about your number one choice school looks awesome. You think, hey, all right, that's the school I want to attend. Everything else is second banana. By the way, notice I say, you think. I just said, you think, hey, all right, that's the school I want to attend. Everything else is second banana. I did not say, you think to yourself, hey, all right, everything else is second banana. Because the only way to think is to yourself. You can think out loud. You can talk to yourself. Thinking to yourself is redundant. Hopefully now that will bother you as much as it bothers me when people say it, and people say it a lot. So you say to yourself, this school is awesome, I can't wait to go. And then you book a flight to this institution, visit it, tour the campus, and start to have second thoughts. Maybe this isn't the school that is the best fit for you. Maybe, just maybe, some of those second banana schools are better. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the hopper. You have options open, just in case your attitude changes once you go out and meet a date in person. Sure, they may look great on paper or on internet, but something about them just doesn't click when you meet in person. And that's not to say you won't click with them. Let's say you put all your eggs in the basket of one person. They are the one for you. Everyone else is second banana. You send the email on the dating site, and they write back. You write them again. Things are going swimmingly. And then they don't write back. Next day, still don't write back. So you send a follow-up. Hey, I thought things were going swell. Why aren't you writing back? Still, no response. This happens more often than you would like to think, because it turns out that sometimes the person that you have number one on your list of people you want to accept you don't have you on the top of their list, your second banana, and they're putting all their energy into someone else. It's the danger of online dating. Everyone has the hopper. And everyone has a hopper hierarchy. There's the top tier, the people you really want to get into, have accept you, 
There's the second tier. These are the ones that you're not really sure about. And if the top tier didn't exist, you'd probably be okay with, except the top tier exists. And therefore, you are aware there's better pickings out there. However, sometimes the top tier is a pipe dream, and you have to settle for a second tier. Second tier are the settlers. Third tier is where the wild cards lie. The crazy cards. This is where you throw out all reason and decide to go off book and try something new. In applying for college, it would be as if, hey, I know I'm really good at farming, but I really would love to be an astronaut, even though I have no skill or experience. But wouldn't that be fun? Third tier in dating is where you put the super hot people who you have nothing in common with or the ugly sexy people. Ugly sexy are the ones who are completely outside of your comfort range and aren't classically beautiful, but for some reason they just hit you right in the libido. These are people you're never going to have a long relationship with, and it'll probably never work out, but hey, you'd throw a fuck into them. Fourth tier, and below, belong to the dregs. The area of the dating internet where you feel the lowest about yourself. Your self-esteem makes you believe you can do no better, and you deserve no better, than the desperate, unattractive schlubs that make up the majority of lonely single people. These are the people who you know will write you back immediately. The people who you can tell by their looks and what they've written that you'll have a pretty good crack at them. You are out of their league, and they would be thrilled to be going out with you. What's important about the hopper is you need to have all of these tiers happening simultaneously, and you need to keep the hopper hopping at all times. If you end up going on a date with your number one draft pick and things go well, you may feel that you can stop talking to the fourth tier dregs in the hopper. Not so. You cannot do that because you do not know how the second or third date is going to go with your number one pick. Remember the analogy of touring the campus and realizing that your number one pick wasn't as number one as you thought? This may happen with your number one hopper pick whilst dating. You go out. You have a great time. You go out a second time, and lightning isn't striking again. Maybe on your end, maybe on their end. You put all your hope and energy into that one person, and it's not magic on their end. Or worse, you are a fourth-string drag on their end, and they are looking at their hopper, hoping for better. Which is ultimately the biggest problem with online dating. There's always someone else. There's always someone better. In fact, as I said at the very beginning of this episode, every single time you log into a dating site, there will be multiple new people to choose from. And unfortunately, your idea of the perfect person is always going to be better than whoever a real-life person is. I'll say that again. Your idea of a perfect person is always going to be better than whoever a real, live person is. You go on a date with the person who's your number one pick. You come home, open the app to send an email to them, and then seven pictures of new possible people pop up. One of them just may hit you right in your libido and you think, hey, whoa, who's that? Your top pick is replaced by another top pick without knowing anything about this new top pick. Herein lies the cycle of online dating. There is always someone better out there, and there are always people in the hopper who may be better than the person you are with. Until you go out with all of them and exhaust all possibilities, or until someone chooses to stay with you and you choose to stay with them, you will forever be dating. And forever be date speeding. 
with me, your host, Rich Hugh. Thanks for joining me in this depressing, lonely episode. I can be reached at email at some email address or another, and on Twitter and Facebook and so on in that fashion. I'm going to take a nap on the couch now. You keep on date speeding. <laughs>